Diecast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. It's the start of the Bundesliga restart, hooray! But did the ghost games on show provide thrill, romance and cheesy resolutions Patrick Swayze style? Or did we witness an aberration, innocence taken over by evil powers in dire need of an exorcism? Either way, it was certainly a strange sight, enough to make your head swivel. Today, to make sense of it all, we welcome Christoph Biermann in the Father Lancaster Mellon role and Archie Rintat as Regan, a sweet young thing possessed by a dark supernatural force, in his case, an unrequited love for Fulham. But before we delve any deeper into this historic match day in the German top flight, here's a little reminder that you can read The Athletic's fine Bundesliga coverage and all of its other great stuff for 40% off. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Bundesliga's back and sign up. Right, Christopher and Archie, uh, be honest with me, what was stranger, seeing this first round of fixtures of the Ghost Games or travelling together through the Russian countryside for 12 hours during the World Cup? <laughs> uh, at least uh, Russia was better. <laughs> it was was more fun because it was a, a, a nice adventure in a, a red sports car on the way from Moscow to Nizhny Novgorod. So, so that was fun fun in Russia and um, I don't know how much fun it was uh, over the weekend. Varies, uh, I would say. It varies. I'll never forget the look on Christoph's face because I was the one who was in charge of booking our Airbnb and the look on Christoph's face when we turned up there and we saw a lift shaft that wasn't really completed and the, <laughs> are we going to survive this <laughs> look that was etched on his face? Um, so to be honest, yeah, this was a lot safer. I mean, we didn't even have to have our temperatures taken before we traveled together. <laughs> so yeah, um, look, a, a very strange experience, but one I would say that was very rigorously carried out this weekend. So Christoph, you saw the games in a variety of guises. As a fan of Farfa Bochum, you, you were just watching like any other fan would have done. You... I guess, watch the Revere Derby because you're interested um, in a professional sense and uh, you were a spectator uh, yourself as one of the lucky ones at the Union Berlin uh, Bayern game. Give us your overview over those three different experiences. So so the first one, watching it as a fan, uh, worked to some extent because in the end it's my team playing football in the end winning a 3-0 against Heidenheim and that was uh, at the start of the weekend Saturday one o'clock German time uh, my team played well <laughs> to an extent I was happy it felt like 30% football or 40% football so um, there was so much lacking but still there was some uh, some kind um, of emotion uh, about it it was more difficult to watch it in a, in a professional sense uh, uh, later on I watched some of the Revere Derby I watched a, a part of the um, conference of all the Bundesliga matches that is offered by Sky the uh, pay TV uh, uh, um, platform here in, in Germany sometimes 
I had difficulties to concentrate actually. So so um, the football was not not so bad. It was not as good as as uh, normally, but it was not so so bad. Without all the the things around a football match, it's um, you can say it's pure. But uh, on the one hand side, but there is so, so much lacking, and and I felt that I really had to to fight. To concentrate, and that was easier on on Sunday evening at the Alte Försterei, where uh, Union was playing against Bayern Munich. I was was inside the the stadium, and um, kind of enjoyed it. But I, I would put it like that: if if it would be a one-time experience, I would would have found it interesting as a novelty. Um, and then say, okay, that was interesting, and, and let's get back to the normal stuff. And I have my doubts how this will change over the weeks, um, because I mean we we uh, we're stuck with this now for nobody knows how long, and this will be pretty difficult, I would say. I wanted to ask you a bit more about how the games actually went on and what kind of lessons we learned from. Uh, the way football was being played under these conditions. But before that, just a, a, a quick one, Christoph, as somebody who knows Union quite well, have they put the greenkeeper on furlough there? Um, it, it seemed to me as if um, the, the pitch hadn't been watered for months, <laughs> months yes. on end. It was very, very slow, at least from where I was sitting. I can assure you it was watered extensively before the match and at, also at halftime. I don't know why you got that uh, impression. Maybe the, the uh, grass was a bit too long. I have to to find out about it, but yeah, but, uh, it just looked I, but, very. It looked suspiciously dry, and the boss, the, the passing seemed to be quite slow. But maybe, maybe that was actually the passer's fault rather than the <laughs> the, the groundkeepers. Um, okay, Archie, tell us a bit about uh, how you experienced the uh, the match day. You went to two games, or at least to, to one and a half games, perhaps we should say. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt against Gladbach. Uh, you were working inside the stadium and you were working outside the stadium for Köln against Mainz. Yes. So Köln against Mainz, I experienced in my col in, in a colleague of mine's uh, car. Uh, for he, his, his name's Mark. He works for the Geist blog site. And he, he was very much, I mean, he's, he's a Cologne fan. And he was punching the car seat in front when he was indeed punching the car seat in front when Mainz then equalized as well. Um, so I, I think the, the, the emotions that Christoph's talking about there were still present in some form. When I was in the stadium in Frankfurt, that was just surreal because I think if you were to make a list of the clubs who are most impacted by how much their fans push them on, then I would probably have Eintracht Frankfurt at the top of it. I think the fans pushed them to a European semi-final last season. That's how good they were and that's how deep the connection is between the fans and the, and the players there. So it felt really quite odd being inside that environment, was having to be constantly reminded that even during interviews that I was conducting, I needed to keep uh, my mask on at all times. It was the same for my colleagues from Sky as well. So... Yeah, every precaution was was being taken, and it, I too found it difficult to concentrate on the game. All the the sounds around it, you noticed a little bit more. Whether it was the technical crew 
jokingly trying to start a Mexican wave, which I don't think any of us can really get behind, uh, or the sounds of the airplanes landing at Frankfurt Airport just five miles down the road. You notice these things a little bit more. I found myself getting distracted uh, more than usual as well. But I was surprised at the standard of football, to be honest. I'd expected it to not be quite as high, uh, particularly on the Gladbach side, I would say, in, in the first half. But you could tell just by speaking to the players afterwards, I, A, how breathless they were, <laughs> um, but B, also how the, the emotions were still there for them. Like, you know, I spoke to Kevin Trapp uh, and Bastos to Weintracht Frankfurt, and they were both pissed. <laughs> at losing I, the, I don't think you lose your competitive instincts through this not at all but equally they were all, uh, all, all on the Eintracht side emphasising just how much they missed the fans Okay let's talk a little bit more about the, the actual football I too Archie was surprised just how decent it was I guess so, okay it, it does help when you have Julian Brandt playing the ball around and Schalke not being able to keep up with him it, it does it does look pretty pretty impressive um i think generally speaking christoph as you mentioned before the suspicion that the, the more technical teams will come to the fore i think was borne out by and large but uh, what what have we learned about the way the game was actually being played if we leave aside the spectacular spectator sensation for for a few minutes Archie, i'll start with you i have to go on on what i saw i think in person most of all because i think that's what you you really feel i've been down by the side of Bundesliga pitches before whilst working as well and I think even when you're within like I appreciated just how quick the play was particularly from from Borussia Mönchengladbach just the way that the, the fluidity of their of their front players of Marcus Turam, of Alassane Player uh, of, of Jonas Hoffmann was something that I wasn't expecting to work just as well as it did and to be honest I think I just saw that the less the players think, then the better it was because you could tell that the tired they got, the more they were starting to overthink things. And that's when things got a little bit more tired. The comparison that, that David Wagner made before the heavier derby saying that this is more like the first game of preseason, I think, I think was borne out to an extent as well. But in, in terms of, Overall, stylistically, I I thought that the league showed quite a good face. But that was also my impression. So it's not like all the teams uh, were were playing their best football, but it was like maybe it was 10% lacking or 15% lacking and not what you might have expected, uh, that it was only half as good as, as before. What you could see is from a physical point of view, most of the teams were fit because, I mean, couldn't train for a long time as football teams. So I think a lot of the coaching stuffs around the Bundesliga put a lot of emphasis in fitness and everybody seemed to be fit. And uh, for example, I saw, saw the, um, the figures for uh, Union Berlin. They were uh, running 123.5 kilometers yesterday. 
And that's really a lot, maybe uh, one, uh, one of the best figures of the season. That doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's, it's good football because they were ru running a lot behind the ball to, to get it from Bayern. But yeah, what you could see is, is precision was lacking and there were some tacklings that went wrong and that wouldn't have uh, been going wrong normally. And, um, but altogether, I found the standard um, of football not too bad and um, that also includes the second division I told you about Bochum playing Heidenheim Bochum really played some nice football and and I think some other teams in the second division as well so um, yeah it's it's um, it's not the the top top football um, experience uh, but it's it's also not uh, uh, some crap football that we that we saw you notice the shithousery a little bit more as well what with the mistimed tackles and the subsequent screams of anguish that you hear from the pitch that was the one thing that I found more you, you could tell when players were really trying to buy a yellow card for their opponent that that was more a uh, What what's the word for Nebengeräusch in English? I've forgotten. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, si side issue. Yeah. Side issue, right. An interesting point was made to me by Markus Aritz, the uh, director of comms for Borussia Mönchengladbach, for a piece I wrote in The Athletic, which should be up by the time you listen to this. He said the players told him that they were, they were more exhausted than usual, not so much because they weren't match fit, but because there were fewer interruptions. And he looked at the net playing time and apparently it was significantly up, not just in their game, but in all Bundesliga games, which is very, very interesting because it would suggest that a lot of the interruption, maybe even the fouls happen as a result of the crowd being there and of players and maybe the referee reacting to that crowd and in, in what they're doing. Uh, without that, there seems to be more football even though it resonates less if that makes sense christoph uh, that's really really interesting uh, i haven't thought about it and maybe that's also um, an explanation for this um uh, 123 kilometers that uh, union berlin was running because uh, they had more time to run it sounds like a good observation and might be true because a lot of this discussions with referees and um inter that interruption takes so long have to do that it's it's also a way of of players try to communicate with with their supporters so like saying hey fans uh we have been treated badly here by the referee uh, the opponent is 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 not treating us nicely do something boo and whistle so not, not that they are saying that but they um provoking it and as there is nobody there Uh, to do that, yeah, you have to concentrate on playing football. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Just to add to that, I, 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 I hadn't thought of that either. And I think that to an extent, maybe, maybe you don't appreciate just what a crutch that the, the fans are for players to lean on sometimes. You, you can get away with certain things if you're running in certain areas of the pitch, for example. I, I can remember this. From, from just kind of growing up in a stadium and watching, you know, if, if, if a player is harrying after the defender uh, and just trying to put pressure on the ball, then he's working hard in that. But I, I guess when the fans aren't there, the, the judgment changes and, and the judgment is just 
merely from yourself first and foremost. And so you can't get away with it when it's just being filmed. So yeah, that, that's an aspect that I hadn't considered either. Another aspect I think is players having to be a bit more careful of what, what it is they say. Because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, usually that doesn't get picked up and Maybe like to we you do it in French and then that's, uh, that's easier to get away with. But I think, again, uh, Marcus Aritz made the point to me that they, they were talking to their players beforehand saying, look, you will be under the spotlight more than ever. There will be no one in the stadium, but still you will be, uh, as a result, more exposed and you have to be very careful. And I think from what I can gather, speaking to a few people, um, is that that extra sort of sense of pressure, I think, must have weighed on on players' minds at least before before kickoff. That that sense of, I have to do everything perfect. I just don't have. It's not enough for me to to do my job well, to play well, but I also have to behave well. I have to not kiss and hug people. I don't have to. I can't shout and scream at people too much because I will be heard. Um, and I think it must have been, yeah, a, a real challenge uh mentally to to adjust to that situation i don't think it's 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 uh it's it's so much of a problem a bit probably uh, uh, in the beginning but i think most of the players um will uh, will have, will have forgot about it after five minutes or so um and then you get used to it then you're you're in 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 the match and yeah i think and i i didn't have the impression that um uh, everybody was running around and thinking ah, is there a, a rule that i have to obey here do i do something wrong and uh, famously Hertha players um uh, even forgot about the rules concerning uh, celebrating after <laughs> after goals and it uh, had to be Hertha. <laughs> who else yes who else <laughs> and uh and and yes uh, so, so i thought i think that's what was not so much an issue well i guess that the those fears and maybe those uh, concerns were more borne out by by the uh, officials and the uh, the people in charge rather than the players who might be able to compartmentalize that a bit better uh, but christoph what was your general sense being being around uh, Union Berlin on, on Sunday, how the players um, appreciated uh, coming back. Was the general sense one of, of happiness to be back or do you think those kind of those concerns and, and considerations and maybe fears um, continue to, to linger in the background? Uh, my general impression, not only for, for Union Berlin, but, but for most of the Bundesliga, that most, so the, 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 the big majority of the, of the players was just happy to, uh, to be able to play, uh, play football. Also, what you could hear from uh, reports over the days that, uh, I mean, uh, you still have to remember that uh, all the teams are in team training back only for uh, 10 or 11 days. And they all of them were so happy to have a normal uh, uh, training again. And uh, most of them were happy to play uh, uh, football and uh, because in the in the end, um, uh, we, we discussed it already. 
uh, most of the guy actually like playing football. <laughs> you tend to forget <laughs> about it, but uh, uh, they they love it um, and they like it and um, they like to be uh, competitive and they are pissed when they are losing and they're also pissed when they are losing a ghost match and they are pissed when they are sitting on the bench and uh, in a ghost match and not playing from the beginning or, or st stuff like this. So. Um, I think uh, uh, um, there is a is a lot of normality uh, um, about that uh, in these uh, ultra unnormal uh, circumstances. I want to ask you a bit more about the general uh, reception of of this uh, match day in Germany. But before that, Archie. Did uh, Hannes the Ninth ghost Cologne? Because I had read that he was supposed to make an appearance via Zoom from his zoo, uh, which I don't think happened. I don't. I don't think it happened either. Um, which is which okay, is a we'll have to look into here. this a bit more. I. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll. I'll get on the case. As a new father, maybe he was too busy with his kids. Okay, I think he. He, the ghost goat. <laughs> he made made good use of the uh, of the lockdown and became a father in March. But um, okay, that that is for a niche um, uh, part of the audience, <laughs> perhaps. Also, with with all the mascots, uh, they were were banned, so they were not part of the uh, of the big uh, DFL hygiene concept. So not the Ritterkeule at Union and the Eagle at Frankfurt and. And all of them, they were, uh, yeah, they were not allowed to come. Too bad. Yeah, I think that fur is just very difficult to disinfect. Um, <laughs> but um, can't shave them, can you? No. No. What was the the general uh, reaction? We saw that uh, Sky had had a new record, of course, partly driven by the fact that their conference, their goals channel, was free to air, uh, unencrypted. Uh, but it seemed to me that. You know, despite perhaps some of the negativity and criticism that had been voiced in the media and in, in polls of the of the general public, football seemed to have been greeted more with a uh, sense of relief and, and welcome than perhaps people expected or realized. What is your what is your feeling, Christoph? Maybe a, a big part has to do with curiosity. Um, so you just want to see it. How is it? How is it? I mean, we, we, we had one or two two uh, ghost matches uh, before the shutdown. And, and now we have it as a kind of new normal. And I think a lot of people wanted to see it. I've, I've, be, I've, been, uh, I've been spoken to, to, to some friends. And it's interesting. If you're, um, if you're a fan of a club, you'll surely be watching it if you have not um, basically anything against the whole concept uh, that the season is played on. But w when it comes to these matches that you would normally watch um, out of interest or because one of the teams is uh, supposedly playing nice football, uh, I think maybe uh, the numbers will go down uh, be because... Um, 
uh, as I said, I, I even I, with my professional interests, had sometimes uh, difficulties uh, to concentrate, and a lot of friends, uh, friends told me that they um, uh, turned matches off after halftime because they had seen enough. A very interesting aspect, a friend told me who was attending a bar yesterday, because in Berlin it's allowed to, to go into restaurants and bars with social distancing, limited places. He was watching the Union match in a bar with uh, uh, 28 people, so that was limited. And everybody was whispering while watching it because it was so silent on the screen. I found that very funny. <laughs> so not like, oh, we're shouting in front of the screen, but we're whispering. And I had the same experience when I was watching my team and they were going one nil up and was like, yeah. And it felt like, oh, am I too loud? <laughs> but the, the, uh, to, to come back to your, your question, um, uh, well, we have to see over, um, over the, over the uh, weeks to come um, if the numbers will go down because it's actually uh, half as entertaining as um, uh, as normal or if people stick to it or if the Uh, adjust the I would call, how would you call them the normal football addicts will hang around these matches. The one point I'd make here, Raf, is that those figures, the two big figures that we've seen this weekend, one that uh, Sky's audience share was 60% for the conference, and also that other poll, which is that 60% of people are against football returning. The problem I have with the second figure there is that. It doesn't really show the variation you have in the kinds of people who interact with football in Germany. And it's kind of been used, for example, by people who are favoring perhaps the ultra side of the argument in that the league shouldn't be going ahead right now to, to almost support their argument that, look, it shows that people don't care. When the reality is, is that if you turn on Sky, you're just you're already contributing to that 60% share number. So even if people may say, I'm not going to watch it, they're effectively putting their hands in front of their faces and then just peeking through the gaps in their fingers. So I, I wonder how that's going to play out in the next few weeks. But I think you saw it in Sky's coverage in Germany that their audience, the people who they're aiming at, hasn't really changed. If anything, they're continuing to go even more mainstream with their coverage. So it's going to be an interesting one to, to see because you would imagine that they're going to tailor it to however the mood is in Germany. And I think that there is still an appetite for it. But that said, a lot of my friends who are match-going fans They were just saying it's just not the same. Yeah, well, I think we can all agree with that. Before I want to ask you one more thing about how this uh, might play out in, in weeks to come, especially in uh, relation to some of the comments we've seen from local uh, prime ministers who are even discussing the comeback of fans uh, before too long after this successful start, at least from as far as we can tell of the Bundesliga. Um, I wanted to ask you, I wanted just to <clears throat> make the point that I think the numbers can, as you said, Archie, play both ways. Uh, I think Rory Smith, our colleague from the New York Times, made a very salient point when uh, a poll was made that said only 20% of the public in the UK thought that the Premier League coming back would boost morale. Yes, that is not a big number, but 
that is actually a big number because 20% of the people think that football would do something for them. For the others, nothing changes. So um, I guess we kind of underestimate um, when we only look at the absolutes, what the relative numbers are and just knowing, I think I've mentioned it on the pod before, but just knowing that my dad, for example, is just happy to have something to do on a Saturday afternoon, even if it is watching Bayern um, labor against a very um, high high energy and, and well-drilled Union Berlin side. Before we go, let's talk about the future. Uh, my, my sense is that we're going to get used to it slowly but surely. We have no chance. But it also seems to create a bit of momentum, Christoph, for... Germany in a football why in football terms and beyond opening up even more and perhaps even quicker do you think we will actually see um, crowds coming back maybe in some guys this summer or this this autumn uh, I, I think it's very very difficult to to speculate about it right now but there is an interesting aspect uh, right now um, with the with this ghost matches and the what is what is happening in, in in Germany on a collective level apart from football so this restrictions that that are around uh, football matches are like six weeks or seven weeks old and if you if you come to the stadium and and all the regulations you have there uh, don't reflect what is happening in Germany in general I just told you so restaurants are open now and all the shops and and um, uh, schools are slightly opening and and so on and so on so uh, the restriction at football matches right now um, are just too too harsh, I, I would say. So there are no uh, the players, for example, who are not even on the bench are not allowed to come to the stadium. We had this limitation of journalists uh, of ten. So uh, it would be easy to to let in uh, uh, more people already now. Um, I, I think it, it won't happen soon, but um, so so I don't have the feeling that football is is uh, as it looked like four weeks back a kind of testing field, how how things develop. But right now it's it's a bit of lagging behind what's going on uh, in society. But to come back to your question, I, I think it's um, it's it's very difficult to speculate about uh, when when crowds uh, could be back. Going back to the stadiums uh, my my impression still have is that big crowds um uh, before big crowds can come together um the vacuum uh, needs to be found i think that the current guidelines are that september is the earliest that mass gatherings are allowed again in germany so i i can't see that changing and as it is i we need to see what happens with the test results that come back for the entire league this week. And then we can start to judge, I think, how well this last weekend really went. Because on the surface, I think that particularly the way that the Bundesliga presented itself, I think that it was a very modest return. And and the way that Christian Seifert cleverly negotiated uh, all these questions, you know, I, I think he was asked about whether this would really be a good victory for for, for the Bundesliga. And he said, well, it, it more shows that uh, 
where the other leagues are at and that's not necessarily a good thing. And I, I compare it, for example, if, if, if the Premier League had come back first, the triumphalism I reckon we would be hearing right now would be far different to the modest tones that are generally being tread here. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a really strange situation. And I think that, what are there, eight, eight, eight games per team left in the season? I think playing it out as it is right now and just getting the season finished is 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 going to be the most important thing for now. And like, I think players will get used to this, will get used to these measures. So look, it's a situation we're going to have to continually monitor day by day. But I have to say that I was just happy to see some sort of football again that was happening on a weekend because <laughs> it, like, <laughs> okay. Of course, we miss the fans, but you know what? It was just good to actually watch some live sport again. Well, I think we can all agree on that. And uh, it is absolutely worth uh, reiterating, of course, that the success of this concept, as you said, Archie, will only be proven once we uh, see more um, games coming back and tests hopefully all being negative now as the players are returning back to their families outside of quarantine of course it will be perhaps a little bit riskier than before but fingers crossed um, we'll be back next Monday hopefully to discuss more games and uh, maybe concentrate a little bit more on the sporting events thank you for listening to this uh, historic Starcast pod uh, on match day zero of the Bundesliga restart we'll speak to you next week bye bye